Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Come on. He lives. He lives. If there's ever a time to cheer, it's now, right? Like, he lives. I know you get hyped for your team. See, your boy gets extra hype today because it's my birthday. Hey, it's not my birthday born on Earth Day. It's my born again day. See, because I didn't know much about this whole Jesus thing. I just knew his love was pursuing me in the darkest times of my life. I remember being in high school and then kicked off the basketball team and I was doing jail time on weekends because I got in trouble. Not too many people in their senior year, when prom's happening, they're checking in for jail. That was my story. And then I kept living in a life of darkness and then you fast forward several years later and I decided to go to church, which wasn't my decision. It truly was the Holy Spirit pursuing me. And it turned out it was Easter Sunday. And I remember sitting all the way in the back, crying as I thought about what that video was, how Jesus took the punishment for me. And I just cried, and I wept, and I responded. And haven't been perfect since that day, but it has been permanent. And your boy was born again on Easter Sunday. And so today might be your day, as we consider the good news of Jesus. And so in this short time we have together, I just want to walk you through the simplest, most powerful message in the history of mankind. It doesn't have to be overly complicated, and this isn't about what I believe. I hope it's something that you would believe, because at the end of the day, there will be only you and God. And that's not to scare you, it's just the reality that being there when someone's celebrating the birth of a child, but also being there when somebody's mourning the loss of a loved one, this is a message that I think transcends all of eternity, so it is so important that we lean in. So I pray that we lean in. And on the other side of Good Friday, after Jesus is whipped, mocked, he takes the cup of wrath, and then you have the intermission Saturday moving into Sunday, which is what we now celebrate. You have a risen Jesus. and One of the greatest uh, uh, defenses that Jesus was the risen king is the way his followers responded after they saw him. All were willing to lay down their life peacefully for a king they saw. Why would anyone lay down their life unless they saw someone that was worth everything? And now we interject into a story of doubting Thomas. So if you come with doubt today, you might be able to relate with this. Jesus raised from the dead and he goes to each one of us. He calls you by name. And here, Thomas's story we look at in John 20, it says, but Thomas called twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. They're getting hype. This is where if people are getting their praise on, but you don't want to necessarily partake as well. Everyone else is excited about Jesus, but you're sitting there like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know where I'm at. And he said to him, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, Put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side. I will never believe. Pause there. Thomas is 
this is, this is kind of like bratty. He's a brat. And if we're honest here, so are you. So am I. Unless Jesus does this for me, I won't believe. If God doesn't show up this way, then I most certainly won't follow him. Sometimes when we have nothing else, that's when we're willing to follow him. So God loves us so much that he'll let us get to the end of ourselves. That way we get to the beginning of new life. And, and it's so neat that Jesus shows up with this critique in this very moment and, and, he, and he answers his request. Look at verse 26. It goes on a week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, responded to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe in Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. That, but by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, 2,000 years later, that's why that's written. That's why that story is recorded. Why? so that we would believe. Thomas touched, he saw with his own eyes, but our spirits have been touched and we have seen through faith the life of Jesus. He's been pursuing each one of us and the gospel never gets old. The good news of Jesus is so great because the bad news of sin is that bad. Now, the whole reality of Jesus coming is to get near to us. We think sometimes, I just want to go to heaven. No, no, no. The message of the story of heaven is that it comes to us. And that one day heaven is going to come here to make all things new. And then that through Jesus coming near to me and you, we can be made new. If we believe. And here's the bad news of sin. Me. You. All of us. We are separated from God. This is worse than anything we've read that's happening in a war, brutality this week, injustice. We've read some horrible things. Us being separated from God is the worst news ever. And I'm not trying to scare us, but there is a sobering truth that the bad news of sin is eternally bad because I can't do anything to get back to God. This is where the playing field gets really leveled. This is why none of us can boast. None of us are sweet. It's only God. And look at Romans 6, put it this way. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All of our sin means that one day we're gonna be a dash on a tombstone. So what do we do? 
There's nothing we can do to earn it. This is why the message of Jesus is so profound. Look at the good news in Jesus. That me, through the cross, can be restored because of what God already did. Game changer. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the whole message of why Jesus came. Mark records, what is the good news? Repent, turn from your way, turn to God and believe the good news that Jesus' finished work on the cross covers all of our sin. Like this is profound. Now I'm 20 years removed from that born again moment. It was 20 years ago on Easter Sunday. Yes, that dates me. 42 this summer, y'all. But I was thinking this morning, that's what, yeah, everybody always says that who's older, though. <laughs> they're like, you're so young. Well, wait, wait, it's eight, so when I'm at 75, someone's going to say that too if they're 84? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just goes on and on forever. Like, you're so young. Well, 42, I remember thinking when I was 13, somebody 42 was old. But we're all God's kids. And to come into the kingdom is actually like a child. So this is really a neat kind of Chase for a moment. But I was thinking today, I don't feel like the shame and the same level of pain that I felt 20 years ago. I don't feel the bad news as bad because I haven't been living in that. I can still relate. It's like there's not a day that goes by where there's not some uh, either sin thought or temptation or thing. There's like, I'm not immune to it, but I'm so far removed from it that I have to remember how I was bought. So if your story is 20 years, your story is 30 years, your story is five years, your story is maybe today, lean into the truth of what has really taken place. That we turned from our life and we believed the good news of what Jesus has already done. So the question then comes today, what must I do to be saved? Well, the question is on each one of us. Do you believe the good news of Jesus? If you came with your parents, their belief isn't, it doesn't transfer to you just by proximity. For our own kids, do you believe the good news of Jesus? Grandparents in the room, do you believe the good news of Jesus? Aunts, uncles, do you believe the good news of Jesus? that on your worst day, Jesus came near to you. Well, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I know we want to add a lot of more classes to it. We want to teach theology. We, we love to make church really complicated, but, but it seems really simple here. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus will be saved. And then there's a contrast to that. If we don't profess him publicly and deny him before others, Jesus will deny us. That's like a reality of what Easter Sunday does too. And in that, instantly we're thinking about fear, but remember it's motivated by God's love for you. And when you understand how much he loves you, if you're sitting at the table all alone, he's not afraid to be associated with you. He loves you on you. First day. I want to call the worship team up. 
and they're going to sing a song as you find me. And I pray that this would be a time of reflection for all of us. As the words so beautifully describe the gospel, the good news of Jesus. You're at home right now and you're, I pray that you would maybe just settle in a little further. Take a deep breath before we think of what we're going to eat today or where we're going to go. Let's remember the good news and how it found us. And I pray that these words would impact our life right here, right now.
soak in this moment for a minute. In the depths of your soul, do you believe? testify for a moment, I remember being in the, the back, very top row at Mount Hope Church, real big auditorium. And I thought I could hide in the back. But then I was considering what Jesus had did for me. And one of the ways I've been able to kind of understand it now later or even communicate it to others would be like he was initiated for me. And like in a, in a gang, sometimes you'll get beat up to be initiated in the gang or you have to do some type of ritual to be initiated into maybe the military or, you know, there's boot camp or um, there's training for a company to be initiated in the workplace and I was thinking, Jesus was initiated for me for what I deserved. It wasn't his sin that killed him. It was my sin. And it came super personal because it didn't matter. I came to church by myself that day, and and I was going to leave by myself that day, but I knew I was fully exposed before an all-knowing God God wasn't judging me, he was loving me. And that's what just wrecked me as he found me. And I was weeping and bawling because I believed. I believed Jesus went public with his life, was humiliated, naked on a cross, drank the cup of wrath for my sin. And when it came time to say, will you go public for Jesus? You know, my heart's racing and you're, thinking, oh, what are people going to think, and all those, but it all seemed to fade away because there was one name that matters, Jesus, and this lady was so kind because Pastor Dave at the time, he gives an opportunity where, ask the person on the left or the person on the right, if you want to believe in Jesus, I'll go with you, you know, they they could go up front, and uh, it was that little nudge that I said yes. I don't know if my life would have been the same if the lady wouldn't have nudged me. I could tell she was a little out of her comfort zone. But I I knew she had a hot lead. She was thinking, well, if there's anyone who needs Jesus, it's probably this kid who reeks like weed, who's bawling his eyes out, and I'm going to poke on him. And she pokes on me, and and then we're walking down from the balcony, 
and it's just her and I, and I've told this story hundreds of times. And maybe it was an angel because she's never came up to me. Maybe she's in heaven, I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm five six. She was all like four ten, And so I, I was like Shaq looking down at her. We're walking down the stairs. And then she goes, she goes, today is going to be the best day of your life. I remember thinking, Christians are so weird. It's like, she's crazy. She doesn't know. She doesn't know about the addiction. She doesn't know about what's going on at home. She doesn't know. But she did know. The name of Jesus conquers every devil. She knew that was the best day of my life. So maybe you think Christians are weird. Maybe you've wondered what was going on in church, but you know something's turned up in you today, right here, right now, to believe. And I don't want us to wait for those moments when it's a funeral where we remember there's two things that are most important, God and people. Let it be on Easter Sunday. Before we move on and have fun and celebrate that he lives, let's remember the cross that is saving us for those that know Jesus and for those that today's your day, saving you. So out of reverence for God, and sometimes this helps us get personal, will you close your eyes for a moment and just take inventory right here, right now? Think, man, where are you at with Jesus? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What do you think? Do you believe? what he's done that you can't earn, that he finds you just as you are. He says, here, touch, see, I'm the one you're looking for. And if we're brave enough to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, he will be saved. You're here today and you're like, man, you know what? I want Jesus as my Lord. I need, I need him. I, I need a new start. I, today's my day. And I want prayer. I want to I wanna confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's you. On the count of three, I want to pray with you. You're brave enough to raise your hand. One, two. If you want Jesus, just raise your hand. Today's your day. I want a new start. In this moment, picture the lady pushing you on the left or the right. I won't ask you if I show a hand again, but there's still time. You can believe. Even at home watching this, Romans 6 tells us, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. In this moment, I would love to pray together as a family for all those that raised their hand and some that, that didn't, but in their heart they did. And, and I'm not going to call you up front today and um, not saying that that isn't profitable. That, is, that was very profitable for me, but in the, in the spirit of some that are uh, more comfortable in a distance being still coming out of a pandemic and 
being sensitive to each person's where they're at. In this prayer, I want us to all repeat. But I don't want us to repeat thinking this is a magical prayer. There's many different ways that you can pray. God knows your heart, but it's leading you in a way to say yes to Jesus. All of us, let's say, Jesus, thank you for your life. Thank you for forgiving me. I make you my Lord. I am brand new in you. Today, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior. Thank you for finding me. And I am with you forever. Help me, lead me, teach me, train me to be like you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. There's a a few things I would love to continue to lead us in before we go. How we're going to stamp today is a song, I speak Jesus over our family. I speak Jesus over depression. I speak Jesus over anxiety. I speak Jesus over doubt and worry and insecurities. I speak Jesus over generational curses. In this song, I believe there's just going to be the power of the resurrected king in the room. But before we do that, can there be a few instructions that I hope would not be emotional but, but informative to our souls? That first daily, just go to that daily, that the cross is not a, a one-time um, a thing that we, we follow. It's a daily thing, Jesus. The cross of Jesus was 2,000 years ago, one time for all. But look at how it's put in uh, Luke. It says, let's not make, or let us, then he said to him, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is why it's a lifetime thing. If you've ever felt like sometimes it's harder when you leave church, yeah. We're supposed to pick up our cross daily, deny ourselves, die to self, because when we're alive in him, that's how we're most free. So let's not just make the cross a one-time event in our life, but a daily discipline of following Jesus. Well, how in the world would we do this? Here's a few steps that you could do here. First, go public, get baptized. There's a QR code if you're, if you're super into this or you just want to take a picture on your phone. But we would love to go public with you, get baptized on May 1st. Like, let's do it together. It's a time of celebration. It's beautiful. I'm an outward sign of what's taking place inwardly. Number two, we have a material called Get Rooted on our website. Helps explain what it means to follow Jesus that our head can be connected to our heart and our hands. Three, every week, 10 a.m. and 11.30, we're here. And here is a touch point for us to gather and stir one another up in the Lord. For real, like that's really what it's about. Number four, we would love for you to become a member here. I, I, I believe that submission and com- commitment Go hand in hand. And number five, we're better together. You got the little form when you were walking in. Join a group. 
Now those are some steps, those aren't exhaustive. If you're, if you're looking for God to solve every single thing in your life through someone, newsflash, no one's God but God. <laughs> Sometimes the lack and the gap is to teach us things. But we're trying to do for one what we wish we could do for all and always trying to learn and grow and we need each other. So we're humbly waving our white flag all the time. I can't, we need each other, God can't. So we need God and people. And this is a portfolio here at City Life for you in the season ahead. Knowing I might not see someone again till Christmas. It's okay. But we decided, man, we're gonna pause. And we wanna just kind of really create an on-ramp to say, oh, we would love to run this race for Jesus together. And then after the 1130 service, if you're watching and you wanna come in person, I'll give some party details um, and lead us in a time of, of investing in what God is doing here, and then we're gonna worship uh, after Devin brings a spoken word. But the party after the 1130 service is gonna have the egg hunt, which will start about 1230. So if you're gonna leave and come back or you're watching and you wanna come for this, there'll be food. You got a jump shot. There's a three-point contest, family photos, games, and inflatables. And the commercial, one more segue, I promise, is here's the group's flyer to show you some of the people that you can connect with. There's all ages, couples, men, women, youth, and more women. What it, just like Jesus, at the cross, the last there were the women, and then the first of the tomb were women. And, and just, it just like, it's just like City Life. There's a lot of women's groups. Men, come on, come on. Women are leading the way too much. And that's cool. Hey, shout out to ladies. Like, you guys are amazing. It's amazing. But the reason we have to have two sections is because the women's groups are just on steroids. Well done. Well done, ladies. Well done. All right, cool. A few ways to give. They're going to pass some buckets. If, you, if, if God's been generous to you, I pray that we would respond. Uh, I pray that Easter Sunday would be the lightest lift ever. Like, you don't have to give. But you get to give. And I pray out of that spirit, you'd ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I pray that we'd be generous first out of response to his worth. And here's the ways on the screen. Online, texting, church center app, and then also as the buckets pass. And I hope you enjoy the spoken word. And then we will close together in worship. Thank you, sir. I was driving through my old neighborhood on the south side the other day. Noticed the playground I used to play at. Something not so spectacular, average at best really. And I wondered if kids still played on the rusted merry-go-round or monkey bars or paint chipping every few inches or the model brown wood chips that haven't been changed in a few years. I shrugged my shoulders and thought, maybe. It was a familiar scene. Kind of like everything else it seems lately. The rose-colored glow from my childhood faded to a muted gray. Quick flip through social media to ease the boredom. It's kind of like a free casino for people like me, too broke for Soaring Eagle. It's bright and flashy and compelling. If only real life were that way, one day maybe. But it got me thinking, does the good stuff in life really last? I mean, I saw my friend's second vacation this year. He went to Greece. And then three posts down was some story about a leader in another country starting another war with people I've never met for reasons God only knows, and it left me confused. You see, we get some semblance of glory, a taste of something beyond the thing in front of us. It's like when your child's laugh is almost like a high, an image you replay in your brain later that night as you lay in bed. 
or your day goes exactly as planned. It feels as if Pluto itself conspired to fulfill your desires. It's euphoria, but not the high school. What is that? We call it happiness, I think, but maybe that's not the best word. I think it's a taste of something more because those moments don't last and your desire for them is endless. It's like we want the thing behind the thing. You ever been in a conversation and the topic itself isn't that interesting, but it's the conversation beneath the conversation that feels almost impossible to step away from? Sometimes I wonder if we're really made for these moments or if we're just lucky enough to find them. You see, bad news is usually far worse than presented or it's just clickbait to get us to buy or do something. And good news is usually fake news or just almost good news. But I wonder if our endless desire for what's good and true and beautiful points to something that is endlessly good, true, and beautiful. Beneath our disappointments is really a sadness is that the good is never as good as it seems. But small voice tells me to keep looking because the happiness that lasts is called joy and it's out there looking for me too, maybe. I drove by that same park a few weeks later and noticed a new net on the crumbling rim of one of the hoops, bright and defiant, definitely out of place yet somehow right where it was supposed to be and I heard joy calling my name. And I thought, maybe the bad news ain't so bad. And the good news isn't that everything is perfect or easier as it should be yet, but that the good, what is really truly, actually good, hasn't given up on us yet. Just maybe.
Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, and Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. in this place, the one name that is above every other name, the one king that is above every other king, the one name that in the name of Jesus, there's peace, there's healing, there's restoration, there's love. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I sense the Holy Spirit soothing hearts right now. You haven't felt this safe in a long time or that even the wrestle is starting to fade and there's a stillness coming on you and that stillness is Jesus his burdens are not heavy they're light it's Jesus Jesus over your family. Jesus over the dark times. That the light of Christ would come in the room. Jesus, catch in your tears. 
Jesus, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, giving you a hug. He is near. The good news is that he came for you. Calls you by name, just like he did with Thomas. service to the party. If you can't, throw your own party. Get a party hat, do a party dance, because Jesus lives. This is better than the Super Bowl. It's better than any concert we've ever been to. It's the best. He lives. Greater is he who lives in us than he that lives in the world. He will get the final say. When he comes back, be no more tears, there will be no more sorrow, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more disease. He will make all things new. We'd love to be in family together. We hope next week you can come back. We can remember Jesus, remind each other about Jesus, and stir one another up in love because of Jesus. We'll be kicking off our series next week titled what? You guessed it, Jesus! Jesus. So we're just going to grow our roots down in the greatest name, the greatest God man ever existed. Jesus. So we'll see you at 10 a.m. and 11.30 next Sunday. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time, and we're not going to stop until Jesus comes back and makes all things new. Happy Easter, y'all. Have the your best day of your life. Your name is healing. Your name the city one life at a time.